podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. Um, Lewis Hamilton's being robbed of the Formula 1, but we won't go into that because Kev will fucking blow a gasket. Um, <laughs> Liverpool have beaten Aston Villa 1-0. Penalties, penalties, penalties all weekend. And we have loads and loads and loads to talk about. Of course, we are going to go through that game at Anfield yesterday. The return of Steven Gerrard um, as manager of Aston Villa. Yesterday as well, the referee, which Atwell was just a disgrace. Oh. And um, Newcastle next on Thursday evening. Um Get your comments in, get your opinions in, and we bring up as many as we possibly can within the show. If you hit the like button, fair play to you. If you haven't, go ahead and do it. If you haven't subscribed, try that as well. And if you're listening on audio download, click on the review button. Leave us a five-star review. It absolutely helps us out a lot. Um, Shawnee, Keith, and Kev with me this evening. And um, straight into it, um, we're going to skip by the Formula 1 because Kev's fuming. Um, <laughs> might get onto it a bit later. But Shawnee, I'm going to come to you first. Um, a hard-fought win at Anfield yesterday. Three more points on a day where there was a couple of drama at the top of the table with regards to the top sides. But hard-fought, but a good win, Shani, and a good three points keeps us moving. Yeah, that's it's three points in a Christmas period, really. That's all it was. And, like, I, I think I level at this Liverpool team up until probably... I, I said after the Everton game, that was like title-winning football because... We are under a bit of a pressure going into the second half. We held off and then you win away at Wolves. Again, just showing that we have the pedigree again yesterday. Um, you can't go too overboard on the performance or anything like that, in my opinion. It's just literally that time of the season where result is the only thing that matters. And we got the result. That was it. Like This, this was built. This game, to, it's weird. this is one of the weird ones. I avoided everything. Got to deal with this game this this weekend because of just the fucking Ferrar around the whole Jarrah thing. I was like, I'm not getting reeled into this media spin that they want to create this frenzy that they wanted to make about Jarrah going back to Anfield. I thought it was an absolutely nothing story, really, to be honest with you. Um, they were just trying to make it something that it wasn't. Like, obviously, I hold Jarrah in, in extremely high esteem as a as a Liverpool player, but he's Aston Villa manager now. I, I, I don't really care how he gets on, to be honest with you. That's the way I just see it. And we were trying to make this sort of subplot about it. It felt a bit WWE, to be honest with you. And I was kind of going, no, this is not for me. I'll just watch the game this weekend. And I avoided everything in the build-up and even the post-match. Um, and look, it was a 1-0 win at home in December period and that was it really that's the way I look at it yeah like Kev we're going to get into the starting lineup, um, the return of Gerrard the approach from Villa the referee the goals or the goal um, but overall your initial thoughts after it was it just a case of yeah, not the best but it's another three points and, and you know we played okay but not, not playing to our maximum and winning games it's, it's always a good sign isn't it yeah, it is. I mean, we didn't set the world on fire by any stretch, but I thought we were good. We were very good in patches. 
Um, everything up to the final third. Emmy Martinez had some really good. It wasn't when I watched it back. I saw some of the saves that Emmy Martinez made. If that game was three or four, the Villa wouldn't have had any complaints. Um, some of our play was outstanding. Some of the pressing, the counter pressing, the pressure that we put Villa under, we gave them absolutely nothing. And it wasn't until we scored that they decided to have a go, which is a shame because when they did, there's a few players there, Ramsey in particular. There's a few of them that can play if they're if they're let off the leash. And it was almost a case of Villa decided we'll do our best not to get beat if we nick something great. And unfortunately, it looks like it's a pattern that might happen now for the rest of the season. But as for my initial thoughts after the game, relief is one thing because of the way the game ended. At 1 0, you, you never, never know. You're never, ever purely confident. But three points next. That's And it is. It's like chalking them off now. Especially with the way the other results went yesterday. It was vital that we kept up with um, with what's been going on around us. You know, it's the last thing you, you need at this um, stage of the season. You can fall away very quickly. If you if you if you don't keep up momentum, and it was vital that we kept it going. It's it's one of those where, like you say, you can fall away very quickly because I thought we were good on one one nil. I thought City were okay on one one nil. I thought Chelsea were poxed to get um, yeah, a win yesterday. Were. If you watch the the tackle by the Leeds fella in the box, my God, what's he doing? It was a weird day. It must have been a full moon yesterday. So yeah. it was a mad day when, you, when you look at it, Chelsea go up. Then they go okay. sorry, they go behind. They go two one up. Um, Gellhart comes on for late, scores immediately, and you're thinking two all draw. And then your man just kicks the back of the player, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Stupid red card as well at Man City. Oh, and well, City. Oh, it, yeah, was it, was, it was just one of those. It was weekends. one of them. That if we had a drop point yesterday, and you had a look at everything as a we whole, said that last night, didn't we? We, we said that last we night, didn't that. we? After the game, we said it would have been criminal. That sort of weekend, dropping points after what's gone on at City and Chelsea, you'd be and you would have been like. Ah, it's not I'd for us. Like not this game. Yeah. Right it's just one of those. You'd be going. You'd be cancelling Christmas and everything. Literally everything down against you. Yeah, you'd be going bleeding yeah. mad. Jonathan says, I've listened to the Villa podcast and those guys admitted they got hammered just not on the scoreboard. Go and listen to the Villa podcast. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, Pete, is that a fair ass- assessment when you look at your initial thoughts after? We battered them, but they got away with yeah. all 1-0. Yeah, it really is. I mean... When you watch the game in real time, um, Shawnee's right, it is nearly like WWE because of the circus that's going along with it, the whole Gerard thing, it, it sort of adds to the tension. When you look back at the game, uh, I think Kev touched on it, you know, Emmy Martinez, the difference he makes to that team, you know, to have a keeper like him and a league keeper in there, he made all the difference for them. Villa offered nothing. Their only chances came from their mistakes and ultimately, I just think, you know, it was a 1-0 a, a win in December, which is brilliant, which is the sort of thing you have to do to win titles. But like most games, when you watch it back, you look at it and you think, no, nah, that was that was a, a handy enough one. You know, obviously the longer the game goes on without a goal, you're starting to think, um, right, when is this going to come? And at the moment, I'm not thinking, is it? I'm thinking when it's going to come. And it did come yesterday. Now, we're going to come on to the ref. Um Later on, we won't start on him yet. Um, but I thought, it, you know, the, the circus made it seem a bit worse than it actually was. I think Liverpool were good. I think there was a few players where were way below form. Um, but I think overall, it was it was good. It was routine. 
if other teams are doing that, you know, like you, I watched the City and, and Wolves game. You know, I'm not a City fan. I'm, obviously, you want them to drop points and all that. But when you watch a game that's not your own team and you're not sort of shitting yourself or hiding behind the sofa, you look at it with different different eyes. You know, City went and, and sort of took care of business with Wolves, didn't really offer it much of a threat. And they were pulled on the same with Villa. You know, but we look at it differently. The air spectrum is different because we're like, oh, bollocks, you know, they're on the attack. Oh, no, Ollie Watkins or Danny Ings. You know, and they do have players, you know, but Villa set up the way... Everyone's going to set up against us now. Villa, you know, they went with Jacob Ramsey and Ashley Young sort of on the wings. And they're not wingers. They're not even really attacking midfield players. Do you know what I mean? Like Ashley Young is he's a left back the last time I've seen him. And Jacob Ramsey, I like Ramsey. I think he's a good player. I think he's very good. And um, I think he's more of a deeper player. And that's how Villa set that style out. We got through. They hung on. Let's be honest. The decisions that we didn't get, they hung on a bit, and we we got through in the end. Well, look, yeah. what, like people are having a, a dig at Villa for their approach. Look what happened when they did have a have a go. We went yeah. clean through, bleeding three on two, two or three times in the second yeah. half, and and that's Jared had said that in the post match. Like he said, you you can win one nil, you can get beat one nil here, but you can easily get beat three or four. If you have a go, and that's exactly what happened. Like we went clean through two or three times, and Salah and Jota are both very wasteful. So yeah. it was just one of them. It was one of them where we weren't quite on it in the in the final tour, but we could have very like we were comfortable. I don't think they'd yeah. shot on target. They didn't have they one did. shot on target. No, they had they had that early free kick off Douglas Louise where he tries to be clever and he hits the side net, and then I think they've two other ones that. One's a fucking mile wide. And then well, there's a big shout later on in the game, which we'll talk about. But it's... But all these, this, these are all joint killing now. Like This is not yeah. like coming to Anfield on that Rogers or Kenny or Hodgson where teams, like, they don't come there and they don't go there anymore thinking they can get a result. They really yeah. don't. Yeah. It's I a bonus if they do. So I saw what we did to Southampton when Southampton came and had a go. And yeah. Fair play to Southampton for coming and having a go. But they're still suffering for off the back of that because mm. um, they're getting high points, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So hiding at Anfield can really hurt you. Have we? Have we really got to that step? Like, I get it. Like, I'm not being funny. If I was managing a team going to Anfield tomorrow, I'd have fucking eleven fellas on the goal line and hoping <laughs> the ball just keeps hitting them for ninety minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Because you'd be that terrified. But God, look- we were at the point game, right? Yeah. And it's literally the best football I've ever seen us play on that club for the first half an hour. And we are literally a disloyal goal away from going in at 3-0. Yeah. And that would have been game over. And the game flips on that. Do you get me? And they score from across. Yeah. So that's what you need to get a result at Anfield is a yeah. bit of luck going both ways. It's not like Brighton came to Anfield and had a go and got something off us. They were blessed to not be our site after, after a yeah. half an hour. So you need luck, you know, and you need it. We we'll get on to him like Atwell was fucking less than useless yesterday. Yeah, well, so, I, I want to keep a special segment for him, but um, Sean, I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with you because um, when we seen the lineup yesterday, Allison, Trent, Matip, Van, VVD, Robertson, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Mane, Ox gets to shout up front. Salah, people were a bit surprised by that, but Jota didn't train much all week. By the sounds of it, and Origi had a, a slight knock to his knee. I think he said. Um, were you surprised he went with Ox though? 
and he didn't go, you know, sell it up top and put someone out right or do something a bit different. Were you surprised by that with Oxen denying? Only when I saw Rigi wasn't on the bench. Yeah. Because the first thing you do when you see the team is you look at the starting 11 and then you have a look at the bench and I'm saying, he has Oxen denying there, what's going on there. Obviously, we know how big he is on players having four weeks training. So that's why Jota didn't, doesn't start, but... When I seen it really wasn't there, I was thinking, all right, I can see what he's trying to do. And I think Klopp just looks at it going, all right, I'm down a couple of bodies this week. What 11 can I put out here that's going to get me a result? And I think if you look at it, that was it. And and it worked. You know what I mean? It, it's gotten past the stage now where I don't pay much attention to what sort of 11s he's putting out. Because you just know a, mix, a mixed match of anything. Look, if he'd have thrown Simicas in there yesterday, none of us would have blinked an eye there at Canate. I think that's just that's the perks now of the squad that we have that you kind of think that oh well maybe if there's one or two missing we're going to be in bother but I don't feel like that anymore so I don't see as much emphasis on, on the starting 11s because once you have that Carter that that spine uh, and Mane and Salah in the team I yeah, I think you could, could have put anybody through the middle there yesterday and we could have could have got a result and we've seen him use Ox there in pre-season and Ox has been very good lately, although yesterday he struggled. I thought he was very poor yesterday. Up until yesterday, I thought Ox has been in his best fame of form since since the injury in the Champions League. Um, So, I kind of had no... I'd no quarrels with it, really. And I'm not going to lash Ox on it because it's obviously not natural to him, that position. And he did struggle yesterday. He did struggle. And he wasn't the only one. There was a few who were on that par yesterday, I thought. Yeah, like, Kev, you know, people did point at Ox and say it has him, and he's not in it and stuff like that, but, like, let's be honest about it. it, it is a blow when you don't have Jota in games like that, where teams are going to sit back, you know, my only gripe of Villa was that he sat back fair, but even when they tried to get out, they didn't, they didn't, really, they just got out to a certain point and then went, right, that's enough of us, we'll just go back now, but it, it's it's hard for Ox, isn't it? If that's a bit more of an open game, he probably has more effect on it. But with Villa wanting to be so deep and, and defend as a unit, Jota's movement is huge because he gets across defenders, he pulls defenders here, there and everywhere and gets chances. He's good in the air. It's probably one that just didn't suit Ox for me. No, he had that one cracking chance in the first half. That yeah, he whips it towards the top corner. The we just went over the bar. But other than that, look, it's a different game. If you've got, If you're playing in an ace and the game is in front of you, as opposed to playing in a nine when you've tried when you're either backing into Tyrone Mings or trying to play other players in around you. It's a completely different game. When I saw the lineup, I thought, ah, he's got to go with a diamond. He'll play Ox at the top of a diamond or play Ox in the eight and Henderson at the top of a diamond. Fair enough, that'll be fine. But it's something I suppose that the other side of it, you he's got to try and see what this is going to look like with January half in mind. Um the only thing I'd say is Tacky is I would have started Tacky on the left and Sadio through the middle if it was a game that we had to get a result but if you wanted to experiment and see what Ox is like in that position fine this is a game you can get you can do it in at home against a side that you expect to be you know as hard as it was going to we knew it wasn't going to be easy but you still expect to beat an Aston Villa so I was you know, it was a bit of a head scratcher, but you know, only for a few minutes. I mean, the Origi injury is unfortunate, but I'd rather have that him have that knock now 
than have that knock on the 30th of December. Yeah. You know, at a time yeah. when we're going to need him. Yeah, because we there's all sorts going on with this FCON now. Um, there yeah. seems to be different news breaking on it every day. Keith, um, I want to talk to you about the return of Stephen Jarrett. Sean, you touched on it earlier. You know, Klopp was brilliant during the week. I think it was Sean, you said to me earlier, he, he was brilliant. He's just laughing at it. You know, he's making jokes. Like, I'm, I'm not answering any questions about Stephen Gerrard. He's asked straight out, do you think Gerrard will be Liverpool manager? Like, yeah, yeah. Once the time is right, I think he will be. Um, he was brilliant all week, Klopp. <clears throat> I thought, personally, I thought Gerrard could have lightened up a little bit about it. But then again, he's trying to... He's trying to He's trying to show that he's, he's the Aston Villa manager and he doesn't want to talk too much about Liverpool, which is fair enough. But overall, the return yesterday, I thought it was fairly muted, did you? Uh, yeah, um, it wasn't as bad as I expected, to be honest. Um, I, I Look, we knew Stephen Jarrett was going to get a good reception off the Liverpool fans. That goes without saying. They blasted out a song. Wasn't overly impressed with that, to be honest. Sing it when we're 4-0 up on them, you know what I mean? Don't be... You didn't sing it. Those fans. No, they Liverpool fans sing it. They well, there was on my stream, my channel, not stream, my <laughs> channel. <laughs> I heard very clearly um, them singing it. But look, maybe it was the, the Villa fans. I don't know. But um, look, it was muted. I know what you're saying, Gav. He was. He's the manager of Villa, and well, Klopp is getting these questions all week. I'm sure Gerard's getting them as well, and oh, his did, pressers yeah. and his, you know, yeah. his um his side of the house, and you know, he has to play it down. He has to play it off. He's the Villa manager. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to be going in, and he, he doesn't want memes going around. Like no, Rafa he doesn't. He doesn't want to win and do what Gerard Hulia done. Which was yeah, wave and exactly. clap the cop every time they yeah, sang at him the last time he turned up. Fist pump if we yeah, had a tackle yeah, yeah. Like that. It was like, oh. I remember Villa fans going mental at, that, at the time. Yeah, and you can understand it as well, you know. It's a, at the end of the day, I think most Villa fans, um, most Villa fans know, look, Stephen Gerrard, it's it's the circle of life. You know, Rangers fans that seem to be sort of up in arms that he decided to go to a Premier League job. But I think the Villa fans understand that if the time comes... And the Liverpool job comes available, and he's still at Aston Villa, and that job becomes available. He's going, and he gets the job. That they, they know he's going to go and take it. Do you know what I mean? So they know the story, but they don't want them bleeding, eulogising about Liverpool or praising Liverpool. Um, I think it's a hard one for Gerard to be honest That's to have to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, you yeah, can't do one. The club's in a much easier position because of his, his persona. Yeah, he, he can't. And, you know, in the games that he's been there, you know, I know he didn't score, but he's very animated when they score. He's usually a bit more animated. He just stood there. He was a bit muted. And I just think he was in a, a, a bit of a shitty position. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. if he'd have rathered... Liverpool played Villa before he took that job at Anfield. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm probably being a bit harsh on them when I say like he could have lightened up a little bit, but he was probably no, getting no. questions all the time. But what I would say is, Shawnee, um, I think what he does after the game probably says more to me where he's kind of going, yeah, as much as he's telling you he's Villa manager and I don't care about Liverpool and stuff, you know, it was an awkward situation for him internally because... He's asked by Michael Owen after the game about returning to Anfield. <laughs> he absolutely stitches Michael Owen up um, when Michael Owen is saying to him about, I hated returning to Anfield as a player. And he was like, well, so would I if I played for Man United. And you kind of, was that a bit of a release for him, Shawnee, where he goes, look, 
didn't get the result, but it was a weird day for me. It's over now and I can kind of lighten up and, and, and say something because Michael owns a good friend of his, you know, and he, he chooses to absolutely string him up after the game to release that tension. Look, the way I see it is, right, Jared literally dedicates his life, his career to Liverpool Football Club when, if I'm being honest, he could have went and played for anyone at any time uh, throughout. And uh, look, stuff happens with Chelsea and all, but you just you cannot question the fella's loyalty to Liverpool and what he gave up. He gave up the better part of his career dragging us through the mire. He did. And the, look, he got rewarded for it. He wins Champions League. Doesn't quite get there with the league. Like you can't expect the fella to have no feeling. He was in a position there where he literally couldn't have won because if he hadn't went out and start waving at the cop and all, he would have been saying, look at this fucking idiot. Who does he think he is? What's he at? He's Villa manager now. He comes out, he's coy, and everyone's gone, what's the story with him? He's at the shrinking. He didn't. He just knew himself that there's going to be plenty more opportunity for Gerrard to get his flowers at Liverpool. It it doesn't have to come in his first game there as a manager for Aston Villa. And he, he came out after the game and said, all that matters to me is that I have the support of the Villa fans. And they seem to be really taken to him. The, the players do as well and the fans because, look, although it didn't go his way yesterday, he's gotten some good results since he's gone in there and they've gone up the table and that's all that can be expected. So I think the Gerrard thing should be put to bed. The whole, the whole idea of it, people are afraid of their life at the thought of him managing Liverpool before his time. Or that he's not got the qualifications. I think, goes, still, I think it goes both ways, Sean. I think there's people terrified of managing, and then there's people terrified that he won't. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't matter. It doesn't like, matter at all. It's, it's exactly. not for now. At the end, of, at the end, at the end of the day, now. listen, we don't You're know. You're talking about we don't, something that might or might not happen in exactly. three years' time. But the thing is, right, we don't know how Jared's going to do in his managerial career. He could be a shining light at Aston Villa and... You know, oh, listen, his next step is definitely Liverpool. He could be all right. But at the end of the day, if Jurgen Klopp comes along in 2023, lads, lads, listen, I'll tell you what, sign me up for another four fucking years. I'm staying here till 2027. No one will give Stephen Gerrard a second thought over the Liverpool manager's job because literally the best we've had, in my opinion, since Bob Paisley will decide that he's staying for another fucking three years. That's the thing. If Gerrard has it in his head now that he's going to manage Liverpool, he never will. Yeah. Because it, it won't, it'll hang over him and it'll weigh on, on, it'll weigh on him. Yeah. And it, well, that's the thing. So he and, needs to, yeah, concentrate on his I, own what, career. What I take away from him most is what, and you know, like these people who surround, who've been around them, they always say the one thing about Jared, and they say he's always obsessed with being the best, and there's not a harder walk than him, and his attention to detail, and his will to win, and his drive to be the best he can be separate him from anyone else and it did as a footballer you hear people talking about how every day at training he wasn't the best that was no good to him he's obviously carrying that into his managerial role obviously the fucker's going to want to ask any of us if you want to manage Liverpool Call your I can't should I play I'll fucking golf it. three times a week I no, couldn't be managing a football team it needs to be shelved it needs to be shelved it, it, people got whirled into this fucking media hysteria all week and that's all it was because they'd fuck all else to talk about and when when that was finished yesterday what did they do they got on Mo Salah's back that's what they do you know what Sean it wasn't even all week it's since he got that job it's been highlighted 
Uh, this game is three weeks away. Two weeks you know, away. And it's it, been exactly. Oh, exactly. Like it's like like I said, it's like playing. It's like the WWE when they start milking the fact that playing WrestleMania is going to be on in February in the middle of yeah. December because you know yeah. people are going to stick around, wait for that, and watch that, and that's all it is. Well, Sean, no, this what? this idea of this being a formality that he's going to be Liverpool manager is nonsense. And it's I'd say Jared would be the first one to say it. It's, yeah, uh, and I think he, he, has, he has said it. You know, yeah. he has said it. I he said it through Carragher. Is like he'll if he gets the Liverpool job, it'll be on merit, and he to wouldn't fair, want it. He wouldn't want it any other way. Exactly, you know, and I don't think right. Klopp should have said what he said either yesterday. To be honest, so I don't think he should have said that. To be honest, that yeah, he's going to manage Liverpool manager. manager. Yeah, he shouldn't. He should have just said, oh, "I don't know." How the fuck am I supposed to know? Yeah, because I think. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like. If Gerard if Gerard does a good job of Villa and goes to one more job probably after that and does another good job, I think the chance of being Liverpool manager is very very high. And I think Klopp knows that. You know, he's only going to get that job if he's good enough. So I won't yeah, worry that, about. But that's what I just said. To you. If he does a good job and does another one, a good job somewhere else, he he might do it. Mike in the world wants to know where you got your jacket, Shawnee. He wants it. Um, it's uh, it's not actually FAI. It's a. Uh, you boys in green. An Irish podcast. It's called Second Captains, but they have a star called Koi Big, and they just do a lot of like retro looking Irish gear. Yeah. And uh, it's C O Y B I G, isn't that right? Yeah, Koi Big. Yeah, and yeah. they do they do loads of stuff. Right. They do. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's cool. it's it's warm enough for these months. But uh, are, they, are they paying you for this advertisement or no? Oh, just oh. Mike and the wall will be bleeding. You can pay me for the link if you wanted that, but okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's dot com, probably, is it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that, or .ie, one of those. Um, one of them bloody streams, Keith was talking about. <laughs> one of the, one of the streams where game. fucking Keith was watching and, and uh, there was Birmingham City fans singing Gerard's name. Uh, Listen, one of those. It, it uh, was a stream like a babbling brook. It was a river, that's what I meant. <laughs> anyone's watching. Was Kev, um... We've looked at the Villa approach, and you know, I was kind of nearly going to have a go at them, but the kind of used lads have kind of talked me down because, in <laughs> fairness, you know, teams are turning up like that. I don't know how how good the template is, but it's definitely a template to try go and play Liverpool. I don't know how successful it is, but it's definitely a template that seems to be um, seems to be being put forward, not being massively successful. It's probably keeping scores down a bit. But I'm all, I'm okay with that because I just know Liverpool are playing deadly if people are bringing that out. But the referee, Kev, I want to bring you for a shout on um, Stuart that well. Because, like, I'm running out of here. Right, I am. I'm, I'm, I've noticed it over the last couple of years. Keith would, would back me up. and um, We're yeah. losing a lot of hair. Sean, he's a mass, brilliant head of hair. But, yeah, I love the head of hair. Yesterday, I, Kev, I was fucking pulling my hair out with this fella. Like, genuinely, I, I don't even know if he was watching the fucking game. I got I was halfway through. When he didn't give the um, the first pen, the, the one on Sadio, mm. after I saw the replay, I thought, okay, VAR's going to check this. Did you think yeah. he was going to have to go on that? I did the first one and the third one. I oh, thought yeah. were pins. The one on Robbo, I thought, nah. But there was... Five or six incidents in that game yesterday that he blatantly missed. And it's probably my biggest bugbear with referees because I fully support VAR. I, I like, I think it needs to be rolled out much, much more, and but much better. The idea that in 2020, 
one rolling into 2022, we're not privy to the conversation that's being had between a referee and a VAR referee is baffling to me because every other sport that has this system, you hear that conversation. We're not thick. We understand the rules and we want to understand the rules more. So by hearing that discussion, we're going to understand the referee's thinking and we can turn around and say, okay, I can see where he's coming from or he's blind as a bat and he shouldn't be in a job. But at least we'll have a notion and what he's saying and what he's thinking. And my other bugbear is the fact that we've got the best players and managers from around the world in the Premier League. But we're stuck with, no offence, a bunch of English referees who are in the safest job humanly possible because they're protected year in, year out by a nominated ref who goes on Sky or goes on BT and protects every decision they make. And across every game, every single game this weekend, there was a, sh- a howler of yeah. decisions that were made. I mean, the ones in our game were by nowhere near the worst. No. I mean, the worst one was at Man City by a country mile. The West but, Ham one was bad as well. I saw that one earlier. I, yeah, I saw that one as well, yeah. Um, that was bad. The Leicester one yeah, was... Oh, Madison. Yeah, yeah that was bad enough. It's horrendous. But I still... <laughs> He's literally I, horizontal before he makes yeah, contact with your man. It's ridiculous. The, the Moutinho one is the worst of the lot because of the excuse they came out with and said they didn't have the television angle that we needed to give a definitive answer. My whole, because we all had it. We all saw it because the same picture that still picture that they gave later on in the day was off the TV picture that we all saw. So he's talking out through their arse. It baffles me beyond belief that this is a billion pound industry and they cannot get the basics right after they've been given every opportunity to do it right. And there's no excuse anymore. It's not like years ago when they were really badly paid. They're on really good money now. And the money that they're able to earn when they retire is huge. So, I mean, Atwell yesterday, just it started bad and then he compounded it with every contentious decision that needed to be made by not even looking to say, did I make a mistake or not? He decided in his own head, I'm right, the rest of the world is wrong, and I'm the one with the whistle, so I'm in charge. And that's basically the way it went for the whole game. It was by pure luck that he didn't try to level it up with the Allison one. Mm. Oh, that, that, I, honestly, I want to get that later is, because I felt that was coming. I did. If, if that had been given, there is no way on earth he would have overturned it. Not yeah. a hope in hell. No. Yeah. Super chat from Ramez Khalil says the performance almost felt emotional, like a derby display from the last few seasons. Ox in the front tree makes me wonder about Taki's place in the squad. The refs are the worst thing about this league. D- Listen, we, we've had endless debates, Keith, about VAR and this. And me and Kevin talking about yes about the process. And again, the processes are just all wrong for me. But for a guy to go around and give that sort of refereeing performance is bad, right? It, go back five years, that's a bad refereeing performance. But in today's game, in today's game, with all the fucking technology they have, all the angles they have, and all the options they have to them, that is horrendous yesterday from that referee. Horrendous. And not only for him to be that bad, but for the people to be watching on screens and assisting him to actually just fucking give him free carte blanche over this to let him go and do it was even worse, Keith. And, but 
bad for both sides. Yeah, I agree to a point. But some of the shouts for Liverpool penalties that weren't given for me were just insane yesterday. Insane. They were, Gav, but you know, it's it's the blind leading the blind here, but until you can get a sort of independent body looking after VAR, it will never improve because Lee Mason was the VAR yesterday and he's an absolute blatant shyhawk of a ref. Stuart Atwell is deplorable. He's not fit to be a ref. The first time Stuart Atwell got famous is because he gave a goal that didn't go near the bleeding goal in the championship a few years ago. He is absolutely deplorable. And you know what? The penalties were bad. He's what what happened with the one where we're going through we seem to get fouled the ball breaks and he calls it back for a free kick for Villa like what the fuck was going on some of his decision making was just absolutely ridiculous Emmy Martinez delaying the game delaying the game he goes over he's talking to I think it's Toyo Mings I'm going to book him I'm going to book him just, book him. just has a blade and chat to him <coughs> just book him though doing that by having a chat to him you're letting him do it again yeah but, a strong but, ref but has to thing. nip that just, just go over and go listen I'm not messing there's a booking do it again yeah. and I'll send you off Exactly. Simple as that. That's and as much as, much as we give out about the Raul Jimenez thing, right? Where yeah. it fell against him, he's given a yellow. That argument. Stupidity on his part, though. It is, but the thing is, Shawnee, it, it's argument. You could argue, was it yellow or not, right? And he's taken a free and a hit, whatever, right? But it happens because he gives me a yellow, he doesn't get out of the way, right? And as, as much as we can argue over, is it right, is it wrong? The referee has made decisions on it. Like, going over and telling the captain, I'm going to book your goalkeeper. Just fucking book him. Because yeah. if you have it in your mind that you're going to book him, and he's actually starting to annoy you, why are you talking to his captain? Just go yeah. over and book him, and then turn to the captain and go, tell him, if he does that again, I'm sending him off. I don't give a fuck. If he does it, if, I don't care if he, if he delays this goal kick for 30 seconds after I've booked him. I'd send him off. Before he gets a chance to kick another football, but it was he was all over the fucking. He place. was terrible, Gav. He was terrible, and like that with the as far as the penalties go, you know, I think the he couldn't give the well, I think he could have given the Villa one at the end, but the more I've looked back at that, I'm not too sure it was a penalty because I think Allison gets his hand on the ball, and I don't think the the there's enough contact on Ings. BBC show that he makes he makes perfect contact with the ball. And yeah, and I think that's in the build-up. In the build-up, well, Matip was pushed. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. I'm but, with Kev on that. Though, if he gives that, he doesn't have a turn, and there's no chance. No. I agree. No. Yeah, he's not overturning anything. So I think the, you know, the the ones we in the first half at Liverpool. We can say that soft. I think the Mane one was a penalty as well. I think he's pulling. Whether Mane it's was a penalty, right? That's why you know he's got a penalty. Here's the thing: the Mane first one, right? There was a foul on by Matip on Watkins <laughs> later on in the first half for the yeah. exact same thing. Sorry, I have to call uh, across it. Sorry, uh, just sorry. quickly get this out of the way. Michael the Wolves says, Shani, what size are you? I'm trying to measure my shoulders against yours on the telly. <laughs> Extra medium. <laughs> Extra medium. Extra medium. Don't even know if that exists, but go with it. Um, Shani, what size are you in that, Shani? Extra large. Extra large, yeah, because Shani's a big lad. Shani's um, a big unit, yeah, yeah, yeah medium. So if Shani's about six two, built well built, so that's extra large. So just base it off. They like playing Michael Buffer here, is ring calling me out, playing. And in the red corner, fight now with Rinda. Just put your arms out like that, Shani, yeah. so we can get a nice. Do you know what, Shani? Would you not go out and get a measuring tape and start measuring your chest and all that sort of stuff? Hold on, I have one there. I'll grab it now in a minute. Go on, grab it there and measure yourself. <laughs> probably in the world. But go on, Kev. What were you saying? 
There was a foul earlier on in Matip, almost identical, where Matip pulled Watkins. Watkins went down. Matip got. I don't know if he got booked or not, but there was a foul on. No, Matip almost No, it was definitely Matip. On, oh, it was Van Dijk on on Watkins. That's where yeah, that's where the free kick from Douglas Louise comes from. It was an almost identical foul to the what Mane one in the box where he just got whipped around by his arm. Now look, it's a soft, yeah, but it's a foul. It's in yeah. the box. You give it or you just let free for all go. And that's the problem. Yeah. No but the, but, the, but the, ar- the argument the argument always is, Kev. Oh, if he gives that, he give it every time. And Good. like no, no, I'm going to back you up here because, right, um, Kieran B says, Arsenal were robbed against United. Uh, Tommy Yasu uh, should have had a penalty before, uh, just before yeah. half-time when Maguire yeah. shit his togs and pulled it back 100% fell, right? Now, yeah. and the argument after that one was, ah, if you give it for that, you have to give it for everything. No, because they stopped doing it. And if you remember, if you go back, if you go back probably... Russia World Cup. Three or f- no, no, not even before that. I think it's before that. Martin Skirtle had an awful habit of absolutely hanging, jockey backing on people yeah. in the box. And this came out that if you're caught pulling on people in the box, you will be given penalties. And he did give a few and it stopped him. And if it stops Martin Skirtle from doing it, it'll stop anyone from doing it because he was like, had no interest in the football or yeah. anything that was going on. He just wanted to manhandle some fella. You know what I mean? He was literally like bleeding. He was like a wrestler. In there, you know what I mean? Um, it's like court angle he was like in the box. All, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it, it was mad. So I don't go along with that. It'll stop. Just make the decision on its own merits. But he wasn't making any decisions yesterday. No. Nah. Kev. Like, he wasn't. Nah, he was brutal bad. I don't remember having this conversation that too often. This is the first time I can remember we're doing a deep dive on a ref and it's December. So we're yeah. going in the right direction. Yeah. But that was some yet across the board yesterday. It was shocking. Like yeah. you, you can kind of um, you excuse a ref for not giving fouls if he's letting the game flow, but he wasn't because he was blown for stupid things going both ways. It was just it was shocking. He made the yeah. game a sweet watch. He did. He really ruined the game. He made. He ruined it. Yeah, I agree. He really. He did. Did. I didn't enjoy it at all because it was literally there was no ebb and flow to the game. It was literally for little nippy fouls. Bleeding a quarter away into the bleeding final third, and he's just bleeding, pulling up players for nothing, stupid fouls, and I'm making them move terrible two yards. Dermot McGallagher will be on overtime this weekend because uh, looking so forward to Daily SPN's yeah. thread tomorrow on the, some of the decisions that were made because that'll be well worth looking at. When yeah, he, he does um, a great thread. He does a great thread. Um, yeah. Laura says if it's a foul outside the box, it's a penalty inside the box. I agree with you 100, but it's never going to work that way, Laura. It simply isn't. And the funny thing is, right, you should crack down more in the box. Then you do a midfield, but it goes the opposite way. Because the chances are, if you're fouling in the box, you're stopping some sort of opportunity or some sort of really dangerous attack. In midfield, it could be just something, pull on someone's shoulder, and the cup, you could have 10 men behind the ball. It's still a free kick, and it'll be given. And it'll be booking as well, in because midfield. You're, you're stopping a counter. But exactly. But in the box, they, they're terrified to make the decision. And, it like... I don't know. It's just, it's unbelievable. But what, what really gets to me is, is that these guys are doing this and they have more options, angles, cameras, whatever they want at their disposal. And A, they don't use it. Or B, the people that are assisting them Even continue the, to let them go and do it. This shite with the offside is fucking brutal. Oh, it's well. yeah. Yeah. I thought they got well, rid of that and it's worse. And now. I wouldn't mind though. I think, like, on the other side of the coin, the one thing I much prefer about the VAR now is. I agree with Kevin in the sense that we should like 
be able to hear what they're saying. But I think less is more with VAR. Like, there we go. Jesus Christ. I should be a spokesman for the Blade PFL. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be able to but buy loads of tracksuit tops. I think, I think the fact that we don't see them drawing the lines and all anymore has helped big oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Oh, that yeah. was, that was down to the TV companies deciding yeah. there's... I just in, in conjunction with the PGMOL, it's just, look, this is creating more confusion. Yeah. UEFA have it probably better where a couple of minutes later you'll see the definitive image of what's what and you just get on with it and you trust it because you don't see and you don't have people sat on Twitter trying to draw lines with a ruler and remember and that yeah. remember people used to be putting rulers up on the tellies now and going look that's not even straight that line. Uh, Red Steve says Gav disagreeing with Laura it's not too late to go on the Santi's not a little naughty list um, I don't know if I was disagreeing I was actually agreeing with her but saying it'll never happen go on Johnny were you going to say something there but the, the, not the lines in the pitch I found are more useful than anything yeah. that day because I started going like because when the camera's at an angle that way, it's kind of hard to tell where the line is, but you can always yeah. judge where the line on the pitch. You're just a gardener over the, t- over the technology. That's, exactly, exactly. But the, the Everton game did on night. And he's like blading LSL, and they've had a few cans before I'm marking the pitch, and he's blading S-hooks yeah. all over the place. In the yeah, but who, the what, what, who was the groundsman that used to never do straight lines? St. Mary's. The Southampton groundsman used to do used all to do sorts all of circle. brilliant yeah. designs on St. Yeah. Mary's pitch. And Anfield was always kind of those big boxes, you know, like the big wide lines. It was never, they were never thin. They were big boxes, as you would look at Anfield. For years and years, going back to the late 80s, it was always big boxes, you could say. But Southampton, I'd say, I'd say the VAR came along and said to Southampton, listen, you have to knock this on the head. Yeah. He was doing brilliant designs on the pitch. Yeah, um, but look, the ref, what can you say? Um, he was Dort, that's what you can say. Keith, Keith, I come to you. Yeah. Um, we get the breakthrough through Salah, and he makes it one 0 after being taken down in the box, and yeah. it's a penalty. There's it's no a doubt Stonewall a penalty. penalty. I seen, I seen on Twitter last night people trying to make the argument that it wasn't a penalty, and oh. then making, as Shani said earlier, making the biggest talking point of the weekend when you see what happens at City and other places, that the biggest talking point of the weekend was was Salah's a penalty. Like, what the fuck is going on, Keith? Gav, these are people with big platforms, people with, you know, a lot of people listening to them. I mean, a lot of people, when you get people like that saying it, people are thinking it's true. That's as clear a penalty as you'll ever see. This show you about um, oh, Salah makes contact with Ming's he doesn't make contact with Mings. Salah's gone through. Mings is scampering. Salah's cut and slows down to cut it onto his left foot with him being left foot playing on the right side. And Mings clips him. He hits him twice or three times to take him down. Like, I don't care if Salah rolls around afterwards. I want their players doing more of that because we're not getting decisions. That's their second penalty in the league. City's first penalty or something in the league this season. You're getting contact. You're missing out on possibly in the first half, three penalties that you should have got that you don't get. And you get this, and all of a sudden, the narrative is Salah wins a penalty, Salah earns a penalty, Salah buys a penalty. He fucking got fouled, like, what, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Is there anyone in this chat that thinks that wasn't a foul? Is there anybody, you know, that, that let's be, it's hard to be objective because we're Liverpool fans, okay? But when you look at that incident, and look, let's say, at James Madison's one today. 
an absolute scandalous dive. The thing is, it, I seen I seen things like I don't think he dived, but it's not a penalty, mm. right? Now, right. if you think that's not a penalty, you definitely think he's dived. Yeah. Right. My thing is, and I know what you're saying. It's hard to be. It's hard to be, you know, neutral when you're a Liverpool fan. When I looked at it, I always try to look at it from the other side. Always. Because I kind of, because it's easy to go, it's a fucking penalty, and clearly it's not Gav, stop. <laughs> but he shifts it past Mings, who A, doesn't back himself to be physical enough with Salah, right? And should be able to cover that sort of ground to get at him. Mings makes a tackle, or tries to make a tackle, actually doesn't make contact with the ball or Salah. But because of the angle he makes the tackle, when Salah takes a forward step on, Mings has nowhere to go but hit the ground. Because he's ha- it's not a sliding tackle, but he's put himself, he's stretched so far, there's no way he's going to stay up. And then the contact comes because Mings's own kind of momentum takes him into the back of Salah, who hits the ground and goes, what the fuck? It's a penalty. But what annoys me the most, Keith, is the fact that we're all talking about this Salah thing, and we're, nobody's talking about anything else that's going on. Mings doesn't complain about it. No. So Mings knows it's a penalty. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? Mings knows it's a penalty. I'm looking at that and I'm saying like, this will have to be like an assault to get a penalty off Stuart Atwell and Lee Mason today. And they couldn't overturn that. That's as clear a penalty as you'll get. But the narrative is that it's Salah. And Salah goes down too easy. And it's disgraceful. Do I think it's racism? I don't know if it's racism. It's is not. It xenophobia? It's just a jealousy. No, it's a jealousy. That's all for me. I don't know. I think no, there's I a think bit of xenophobia. In it's, cl- it's clickbait. There is there no, is there, there is undertones. There is undertones. There's the no doubt about it. There definitely is. If that's Harry Kane, that's clever centre-forward play. Yeah. Exactly. Harry Kane does that. It's, it's clever centre-forward play of Harry. Well, I'm looking that's forward to the... For. I'm looking and forward to the Madison was. outrage. Well, the Madison one today for no one that's seen it. The ball's played to the right end edge of the box. He takes, and he, he, he takes a touch he inside. means Sorry, Sean, you went. And Mings acts the with the ball. Yeah, like it, it's a penalty. It's, it's not a penalty for a tackle. It's a penalty for momentum that causes Salah not to be able to shoot or, or move on with the ball. Takes the back of his legs with his own. I, th- I think it's actually Mings's right leg that catches Salah because he's yeah. fallen, and then then Salah goes down. And it's funny because Salah's expecting the tackle. He's actually expecting the tackle and yeah. manoeuvres himself to get in the right position and then but gets... Suarez made, Suarez made a living of winning penalties But the thing is, what else can Salah... Like, answer me this now, yeah. right? So, right, say, for example, that's a dive or whatever or a simulation, all right? What else can Salah possibly do there? What Nothing. can he do? He can't disappear. He can't move past him. He can't dive over him. He's not, he's, he's, he, he puts the ball, he pushes it inside Mings... He gets across him. Mings goes to make tackle thinking the ball is there. It's not there and he gets nothing. So what yeah. actually more can he do? How is a simulation? It's not. I'll tell you what it is. It's fucking Mo Salah sells and having a dig at Mo Salah is going to get you Correct. a fucking shitload yeah. of clicks. This, that and the other. Well, all the other. What would the, the, the about decisions? No. no, but but Madison won't get the outrage like Keith said because Madison won't get clicks like Salah would. Madison, someone said today, I'm what happened? Give credit to Alan Shearer because Alan Shearer said it as it was last night, and he's one in the past who's yeah. had had a dig at Salah for going down. But he turned around, and he said, 
he's done what he's had to do. He's put himself between the ball and he's forced Mings to make a tackle. Now he's exactly. not going to get the ball and he, he doesn't get the ball. If you if you impede someone making a challenge and you don't get the ball and you make contact, it's a fucking foul. If yeah. it's outside yeah. the box, it's a free kick. If it's inside the box, it's a penalty. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why it's a talking point. We should just be yeah. saying because it's a talking point, Gab, because it's a, it's a one nil win. Yeah, it's a one nil exactly. win again. You need to realise that the same fucking idiots who are saying all these things were the same ones last year saying that this Liverpool team is finished. That done. Yeah. Klopp is supposed to flush. Liverpool are supposed to flush. All our players around their feet. That done. They will not make top four, and they won't recover. But sorry, these are the ones who had us in you... August challenging for top four. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to be seen to be wrong, but we've made them look daft because, yeah. again, we're flying. We look like title challengers again. But they don't want to fucking admit that. If we had a go, if we want to win that game 2-3-0, there's not a word said about Salah's no. penalty. And a few people have said there that they, they haven't seen Madison. One, one pair said I didn't see it. He was watching the West Ham game or something. Madison gets the ball on the right edge of the box, takes a touch inside. The Newcastle defender standing there. Madison takes a touch, and I swear to God, go and find it. If you type yeah. in Madison penalty on Twitter, you'll get a video of it. The chap is horizontal before he puts his leg out to hit the Newcastle defender. And you can see the Newcastle defender reacting when he hits him by trying to pull his leg back on. What's going on here? And the penalty is given. Now, they bashed him 4 nil, but it's still one of those where I think, you know, if Salah's a talking point, this one is like, we should be making a programme on it. No, Salah has to play a different game to everyone. Like, how often do you see players, like, literally, how often do you see Salah like that putting his hands up in the air, like that, when he's getting dragged back? Yeah. He has to make it clear to the ref that he's being impeded. But he's even stopped doing that because he knows he doesn't get the fouls. Yeah. The other side of this is it, it influences. And it, it just so happens that this is now, he stopped doing that now and he's just ghosting players. Yeah. Because like, he's I guarantee you this influences referees going forward. Because and there's, yeah, is, they're only human. I guarantee you. No, you won't get the next one. Yeah. No. And the other side of yesterday's decision as well, it was a three o'clock kickoff. It wasn't the Sky game or the BT game. The vast majority of people in England didn't see the incident until after the phone after the phone in shows were done. So unless you watched it by whatever means, if you're living in England, are you living with Keith? Are you living with Keith? Yeah. Then you won't know. So you're going to listen to the phone ins. You'll hear Liverpool. Liverpool get attention, and I guarantee you their viewer, their listenership. Their number of texts they get, the number of tweets they get, all ramps up the second Liverpool are mentioned because the same doesn't happen with Leicester, the same doesn't happen with Villa, the same doesn't happen with Spurs, with Harry Kane. Purely and simply, no offence to those clubs, they're smaller. They don't have the global reach because they're talk sport. Well, I fully expect Andy Goldstein to be on tomorrow telling you that um, he had an issue with uh, Mo Salah. That's just the truth. That's and that won't even be his opinion. That'd be some of that'll be some blatant. Well, it is his opinion because he's, he's a fucking. He's a fucking. Not tip. even his opinion. Um, Chris Brack says Salah's penalty was class. Dealt with the VAR delay. The Villa antics post and Ian Martinez no it's chance. Great it was a great penalty. Bang off the post. And in fairness, Ming's, Ming's, Ming's reaction. <laughs> Ming's reaction is one of those where he just knows he's gone. He knows. I should. He shouldn't have thrown the tackle in. He should have kept running with him. But he throws the tackle in him. his momentum then. So it's one of those. It's and and someone else says there like. What annoys him is that we're making so much of this and the City one yesterday is not being made much of. And look... I think the City one for what it's worth. I think the fact that City didn't get the one in the first half 
meant they got that one in the second half. Yeah, but that's that's another case of just um, incompetent referee refereeing yeah. an occasion rather than refereeing um, the actual situation. But look, that's the way it goes. Um, but look, the Pano is excellent. The Pano is excellent, and Martinez is a shit house. Um, yeah. I, like him for it that. I like him for I think he's a great keeper. keeper. I like him for I think he's a great keeper. But he does, he's imposing and he's big and he puts players off. We've seen it before. He puts players off taking penalties. So that added to Mo. And if you saw the just before he's taking it, Mo's blade and taking a deep breath and closing his eyes. As Sean, he said, never confident when Mo takes a penalty. Never Even confident though, when a left footer takes a penalty. I'd rather watch me dag it out of back than watch left footers take penalties. <laughs> 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 you know what? We should sign Rafinha. We should sign yeah. Rafinha because he takes penalties with his right foot. That's good enough for me. Oh, he takes a skip yeah, I can, I'll have to skip Kev all day. <laughs> left foot was taking the penalty. I swear to God, they're all snakes. I don't trust a single one of them. Mike I was the- looking at that yesterday going, I was sitting in a booth. I was going away watching it. I was going with the missus saying to myself, oh, no 21 in a row. He's yeah, missed yeah. Like he's, he's missed one in the Champions League. Other than that, he's missed every single one. I know. I, the, the way the he hits it, it's is the worst penalty ever taken. It's the worst penalty <laughs> ever. Yeah, but it's again Hugo Lloris who just is, is allergic to a football. Uh, Mike in the world wants Shiny to stand up and give us a twirl before he hits boy now. Fuck off, Mike. Will you just boy it? <laughs> Jesus. Take a picture and send it to us. You won't look as good as it in, in it as Shiny. Well, yeah, well, don't matter. just jump into bed. You better blame Moimi and Doimi for five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, don't be fucking <laughs> looking for your whole off Shiny straight off the bat. You know what I mean? Didn't even offer to buy him the white version of it. Um... Well, look, he, he, he scores the penalty and Liverpool got one up. And, and Villa come out and try to... We've covered that thing with, with um, Ings, Matip, Allison, And I think the, the actual clearest view of it was on Match of the Day last night where you see Allison clearly getting a hand on the ball and stuff like that. And as Kev said, Ings pushes um, Matip in towards, um, in towards Allison. Allison as he's coming out. But you know something? It's... I'd be delighted with these games when we win 1-0. Like, they yeah. give me the most, they, they probably give me the most satisfaction. You know, like, when Liverpool win 4-0, you go, fucking great win, you know, really made a statement and stuff. But when, it come, you know, when that final was goes on 1-0, you really go, yeah. fucking yes, you know what I mean? And yeah. especially what was going on with City here on the day, Chelsea, I had Chelsea, literally got two screens, so I was watching Liverpool on one, Chelsea on another, and I was like, and. I'm watching Liverpool in injury time and then I'm looking at this Leeds fella just booting this Chelsea fella in the leg and I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So when Chelsea score, I'm a bit deflated but then I'm like, ah, but Liverpool won absolutely brilliant because all you can do is look after yourself at the exactly. end of the day, really. That's what yeah. you can do, you know? Um, man of the match, boys, because of a few things I want to get through before we finish. So, man of the match, um, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Can I talk about one thing? Are you who who won't be getting man of the match, right? Ew. I thought Alisson was fucking deplorable yesterday. Right. And he's allowed to have games like that. Because the the mix-up happens. I mean, the Danny Ings one is, is a bit sloppy by Alisson. But in the first half, yeah. he nearly cleans out Ashley Young. And Ashley Young is a diving pig. Yeah. And... The fact, the only reason that he didn't get a penalty there is because he closes his eyes because he thinks Alisson is coming out. Alisson slips and he's floundering. If Ashley Young has his eyes open there, he's going over and that's as clear a penalty as you'll get because he'll make sure that a trailing leg touches off Alisson and he gets a penalty. I thought Alisson was a bit off the off form yesterday, so he won't be getting my man of the match. Just okay. wanted to get that in. He's brilliant and he's been doing great for us and he has these games every now and again. I just thought it was an off day yesterday, but 
Villa didn't muster a shot. Mm, Amrit so is Amrit is with you. He said it's. It, I think what he's trying to say is uh, it's a long time since since so many errors from Allison. He mm. legit had me nervous for the match. Um, the funny thing is when the match is tight, you will see something like that from Allison. You know, a fluffed kick yeah. along the ground or, or whatever it is. But then again, like he doesn't give a shit though. No, he doesn't, he doesn't because no. a minute later he'd be just plucking one out of the top corner. Like, are off. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, he's, he's are off. He's fucking deadly. Um, Shawnee, before Keith rudely interrupted you, um, man of the match or anything else you would like to say on the game before we move on? No, man of the match for me is I'm gonna give it in this world where in the the planet where Mo Salah doesn't exist, our player of the year so far, Joel Matip, hundred percent was monstrous yesterday, absolute monstrous. This fella does not get the credit. He's the best centre back in the Premier League at the moment. Hundred, yeah, couldn't agree more. I was going to say the exact same thing. He's an absolute monster. He's so good. This carrying the ball now is becoming a thing where you see yeah. it's like playing Moses and the right line. You can't get near them because it's just limbs going everywhere. And he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. I'm going to get past the part that I don't even think he's underrated anymore. I think people are starting to see now just how good this fella is. And I tell you what, we're at December now, and I'm not thinking, I'm touching wood. No injuries. Yeah. Look how good this fella is when he's playing on a regular, on a, on a consistent level. And there's at times where he's digging Virgil van Dijk out. And that's not a slight on Virgil. It's just this fella has really made that position his own this year because there was Gomez coming back from injury and a young Canate coming in, snapping at his heels. And this fella hasn't put a foot wrong all season. He's been absolutely immense in both attack and defence. He gives us a different dimension going forward. You see him splitting midfields and defences with, with these runs. And he just, it's a nightmare. It's become a facet of our play that I love watching. And he's an absolute monster. Wins Everything the fella is built like a budgie's ankle, but he's strong, <laughs> strong as an ox. Nobody gets near him, he seems to bully everybody. And I thought they, I thought Watkins was good yesterday. I think he puts himself about, but he was well dealt with by the two lads, and they were imperious yesterday. But for me, Bar Mo Salah, our player this season, John Matup, absolutely incredible. Um, just this on Salah, um, which I forgot to talk about on the pen 22 games, 21 goals, nine assists. That's Mo Salah this season. Um, Stupid. It's, yeah. fuck, it's a fucking joke, me and you keep saying it. It's a joke. Um, but I thought I'd throw it out there because... Um, I hate his guts because he's normalising this. Do you know what I mean? And whatever comes after it, this yes, isn't It's a bit like the Messi and Ronaldo thing, isn't it? They've yeah. yeah. normalised When you get to January yeah. and you're normally 20 points clear, you say, I better put this up to professional. Mo has, <laughs> yeah. has told you goal involvements in December. This, <laughs> this is a bit stupid at this stage, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Like 20, 22 games, 21 goals and 9 assists. Yeah, and it's it's just ridiculous. Kev, um, Kev, then Keith for man of the match. Can I go and get another can? Go ahead. Ah, oh, thanks, bud. Right, go on. <laughs> Kev, then Keith. No, I like, I said yesterday, Trent, and I'll stick with Trent purely and simply. I look, I thought Joel was brilliant. Have you seen the the tweet that went around about Joel Matt have gone on a wonder? The, yeah. it, with him superimposed on Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings one. It's absolutely sensational that account. But no, I thought Trent was uh, brilliant yesterday. Some of the deliveries from set pieces, especially Virgil, should have done better with the uh, corner that he had, with the the chance he had. Martinez made a cracking save off yeah. that. It's something that we score plenty from set pieces, but I think we could do better. You know, 
Matip is six foot five, Virgil six foot four. You know, we should do more from that. But I thought Trent's counter pressing was brilliant. Twelve ball recoveries yesterday. Um, when sides, when you have him pinned in, the fact that he's acting as a right centre mid, and he doesn't care if the ball is chipped over the back of him. He doesn't. He's not afraid to have that ball chipped over the back of him because he trusts himself either to have cover or to get back. Um, I love that about his game, that he's playing at the moment without fear. He was player of the month last month, which surprised me that he got it purely and simply because there was two Liverpool players in the running for it. And the vote is decided by the FIFA community. And the FIFA community will usually vote for the most meta player who's in the game, which would have been Diogo Jota. But they went for largely, overwhelmingly for Trent. And uh, he's carried that form into this month. And I, th- I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I really did. I thought he was brilliant. Keith? Yeah, um, yeah, I thought Trent was great. I thought Robbo was equally as good on the other side. I thought he was he was excellent as well. Um, Fabinho, I thought was was brilliant in midfield as you'd expect. I think Thiago had a poor game. I think Virgil was okay. A few dodgy moments. Ali, I didn't think was great, but. I can't go past Matip because I agree with Shawnee. Um, we done a show a few weeks ago about the team of the season so far, and I think we all sort of had Matip, and people are sort of questioning that. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I'm hard pressed to think of a better defender than Joe Matip in Europe at the moment. There's not many, you know, there is not many, and he doesn't get the plaudits. No, he doesn't get the plaudits because he's not that type of player that people will talk about. Like, no one outside Liverpool is really talking about Joel Matip. They'll see him in a game and think, oh, he had a good game. But they'll think that's the the exception rather than the rule. Whereas we're starting to see now, it's the rule. Joel Matip is excellent. It's covering, his pace, his carrying of the ball, is just his all-round uh, game intelligence. Like, he's so fucking smart. I think he's absolutely sensational. I think this year... He's been brilliant. And I thought yesterday, you know, Ollie Watkins doesn't get a sniff. Ollie Watkins is a difficult centre forward to deal with because he constantly goes into channels. And, you know, we don't have fullbacks that'll sit back there and sort of cover that. So Matip's getting dragged everywhere to cover. And Virgil, and I thought he handled them so bleeding well. And I think Matip, the run is amazing, but he's doing it every game. Do you know what I mean? Like, Kanate done it in pre-season where he was getting the ball and he was running through and we were all saying, Jesus, that's like Joe Matip because Joe Matip does that. Everyone has, you know, Thiago has his little shoulder drop where he goes. Joe Matip has his run where he beats six or seven players and carries it into the deep into the other half. And it's he used to be a centre mid, didn't he? Yeah, he's played for Schalke. It's the fitness thing though. You know, like I put a stop there earlier, he's played 12 league games this season and I think we've played... 15 in total, have we? 16, I think. We've played 16 in total. Yeah. He's played 12, and I think I, I think for the four of them, I think he might be being rested. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's rested away at United, isn't he? Um, it's not a case of him having any major injuries, you know, that sort of way. And I think that's the big thing. Um, somebody does well, say... managing you know, it. Um, Matip has legs like Dalson from Street Fighter 2. Um, anyone want to um, make <laughs> yeah. a comment on that? Yeah. You're the flame. flame. Jonathan's actually gone hard in here on Keith. He says, uh, I was going to say, pull that comment up. Never forget. Um, yeah, I was selling Salah and you were selling everyone as well. So yeah. I wouldn't be too worried yeah. about pulling me up. You were, up, you were selling, selling the, you were selling the main stand and opening an Aldi yeah. for fuck's sake. You were selling, I was that selling much 16 players. So <laughs> that was the least of my problems that I have to live with. 
Uh, I'm going to even it up. I, I thought Trent was very good. I think Kev's gone for Trent. Am I right? Yeah, I um, Yeah, I thought he was very good again. And, you know, I was delighted, like you said, with him getting the player of the month because he's deserved it. I think he's been fucking brilliant. Um, and literally the only thing people have to throw him at the moment is he can't defend. And that's a fucking myth. An absolute not that myth. Um, because A, he can. And B, you have to watch the way Liverpool play. And the positions he's in when Liverpool are actually having to defend because of the way we want to play. So um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit null and void, that, that argument at times for me. So I, I would think go it's, uh, it's cross selection standing out to me this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, far better, more varied. You yeah, think, deep, like, whipped. Yeah, yeah. He's gone, he's gone deep into the back post. He's not afraid to hit Robbo now when he's in that. He's, yeah. he's not afraid to use that diag straight to Robbo when he's in the final third. He's going that was... right now. He's becoming more and more unpredictable. And that's that's why we're scoring a lot more goals, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because he's pushing right up, right up. And then it's not just this. I'm just going to bounce this on the penalty spot. He, he's whipping them low. He's going fire post. He's literally going inside to, to hand out Thiago. They're getting little wall passes. So, it's all happening to him, yeah. He was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Like, look, he won't get any arguments from me regarding um, Trent. The back four, I thought the back four out of the unit were brilliant. But I know Allison was a bit mad, but the big, the big talking point yesterday was we didn't allow them anything in terms of yeah. shots. That was the big worry about Liverpool in October, November, September is that we were leaking goals. But now Chelsea are like a save, and we're back to our best. So it just with the toys ten clean sheets in sixteen games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah. with a few games where we were giving up tails and trays, but yeah. it seems to be a thing of a past. Brent for the last time we give up six and yeah. two, isn't it? Well, once we just stop giving up all these offside chances, we'd be all right. Yeah, the ones that are miles offside, we'd be grand. Yeah. Um, and Dicko says, does every away fan that comes here have the same shitty song sheet before leaving home? Yes, yeah. is the answer to most of them. Yeah, I said this the other day, you're better off having teams from the Championship and League One coming up because they enjoy their team more than talking about yours. And I've seen on Twitter today where the the irony is, A, um, <clears throat> they're talking about Liverpool and sign on and, you know, um, feed the Scousers and stuff like that with Steven Gerrard standing in the dugout, A. Yeah. And B, um, they are singing on behalf of a club that I've seen on Twitter today that are from Aston, one of the most deprived areas in England. So, you know, and that's not me having a go at Aston, yeah. by the way. Yeah, but this, this is, this is what... Expecting these football fans to be uh, self aware. Yeah, but you you kind of need to be self aware, Sean. I think there's enough around it nowadays. Yeah, but that just Mm. gobshites. You know what I mean? Like you said, they'd they'd be rolling them songs out when we're all dead. That's, yeah, that's well, that's true. That's but the thing, but the thing is, like, there's not many clubs in this in the UK now at the moment that don't have field banks outside the football ground. There's not many. You know, the sort of way. I'm sure there might be some outside Aston Villa. I'm sure if there was one outside Aston Villa, Liverpool fans would go and donate or bring something to it. The same way there's, you know, there's one outside Anfield and, um, at the corner of the cop and, and the Kenny Dag Leash stand at most of, most of not all. What we don't games. say anything about bleeding, uh, what Chelsea are and what we call Chelsea, then we won't be, once it's not Liverpool doing it, it's all right. Once when we start doing it. Imagine yeah. Liverpool fans were giving out about field banks. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you imagine, go. imagine the narrative. I don't want to. Yeah. This is getting political now, but yeah. fucking for people to be so bleeding, so with the lack of self awareness to see what's going along in the UK at the moment with yeah. the short government that's stuck with and people bleeding, literally not being able to fucking eat. 
drowning in poverty. Look, look, he's a rival player. It's sad. He's a rival player and he's well commended for it. The walk Marcus Rashford has done. And then you have fucking people singing in the stands yeah. about fleet yeah. the scousers and this, yeah. that, and the other. But they'll be in the pub. They'll be in the pub afterwards telling you how Boris Johnson is this and the other, which would yeah. be true. But it's it's a bit hypocritical when you're doing something in the ground and coming out 15 minutes later to have a go at Boris Johnson. But live um, live up a lot of ones with the victim complex, of course. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So this is look, it. Let's let's not get outside the box here because that's not what you're supposed to do. But. Yeah, well, fucking look. some of these football fans need to take a hard long look at themselves and and, and realise the situation that they're living in and how fucking privileged they are that they get to travel up from Aston to watch playing yeah. professional football on a Saturday and that's the least of our worries. So fair fucking play to them. Yeah, but I think the I think it has fans to, I, were as bad last I, I, week as well. I think ha- yeah, I think it has to be noted that it's not only Aston Villa fans. You know, Aston Villa fans um were singing songs yesterday, but it's kind of become there's no, there's no impact of those songs anymore because people just go, oh, they're doing that again, Eddie. You know, so there's no outrage about it. It's just actually yeah. sad. Um, yeah, but when Liverpool said Chelsea Rent Boy, there was all sorts of outrage. Yeah, there is nothing about that, you know, and it's every single game. It's audible on every single game. You know, it's it's disgraceful. And it's but something that's Keith, a lot more prevalent than, you know, Chelsea Rent I heard Boys. it yesterday in the Norwich game. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know... Six minutes in, you've got a brand new manager, and six minutes in, your away fans are singing that. Do you know, talk about rent free. It, yeah. It's it's sad. That's all it is. No lack of intelligence. It, 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 it's sad. It is sad. But, does, but you know, do you know what the funny thing is? Like, the more you get walked up about it, the chances are the more they'll do it. They're just shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, Ronaldinho says, unpopular opinion, our current best run three is Jota, Bobby and Salah. Just look at the United game. Best chemistry, Mane too slow recently. Nah, Mane is like yeah. the top yeah. in the league. But um, listen, I always say, don't be picking three. Just be happy you're four yeah. or five and you can move them around and you're going to see that yeah. next month as well. Mane uh, scoring goals at the same level he was in 1920 when he was a yeah. probably player of the season. So yeah. chill out. Just because he's failing the eye test, look at the numbers, he's doing his job. That's that's all he's there to do. Um, and that's a long and day. Before it's we, a hard job leaving players. What's the point of digging them yeah, out? They're doing exactly. for a reason. Exactly. But even like the, I know we we all sort to say that Ox in the in the nine didn't walk today. Ox has been playing very well. We touched on that. Maybe the game yesterday wasn't the right game for it. You know, we are talking about Esri Conte is one of the quickest defenders in the league, and Tyrone Mings is quite quick as well. If I had been, I'd, look, if my auntie had ball, she'd be my uncle. But if that was the Newcastle game coming then and you're missing Jota, Ox could have had a much more impactful game against their centre-backs. Do you know what I mean? So those players there that are gone were slotting them in. It didn't work for Ox yesterday. These players are coming in. It could be Ox, it could be Tacky, it could be Divock, it could be Bobby, Jota, Mane, Salah. Just to appreciate them for what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? If they're not stinking the place out, there's no need maybe to be lashing them, you know? The one thing that you're going to get off the ball, all five or six of those players know exactly the job they have to do. There's a comment there. Do you think we sign anyone in January? I don't. And I, well, if we do, it won't be someone to impact in January, mainly because it takes so long to, to learn how to do this press properly. Because all it takes is one person not doing it properly and you're screwed. You're chasing your tail. Well, Devon. Aki, Ox, all know how to play without the ball. 
and that's vital for us. I want to um, I want to give a shout out to um, James Milner, five hundred and seventy-three Premier League appearances. Yes, he's moved up to fourth place in the overall rankings, and um, I'm absolutely delighted from. I don't think he'll get near the top. I think he needs another hundred appearances or something to get there. I don't think he has it in him. But um, I was delighted to see that stat yesterday from James Milner, five hundred and seventy-three Premier League appearances, and he's moved into fourth position in the all-time ranking. Um, I want to ask his lads before we go um, the draw for the Champions League um, Paris Saint-Germain Spartan Lisbon Inter Benfica Villarreal Salzburg I think they're the one, two, three, four, five, six teams we can get we can't get yeah. Chelsea oh sure yeah that's tomorrow isn't it yeah 11 mm-hmm. o'clock tomorrow um, so about 4 o'clock yeah about take. 4 o'clock it'll be done Um but we can't get Chelsea because they were they are from the same country as Liverpool, and we can't get let go because they were in our group. So I want to ask you: A, who you'd like, and B, who you think. So Keith, go on, go for it. I don't give a shit to be honest. Um, Good man, I love it. Genuinely, Paris Saint Germain. I mean, look, Paris Saint Germain signed Neymar. I signed sorry, signed Messi. They have Neymar. They have Mbappe. They signed Sergio Ramos. They signed Donnarumma. They signed fucking Hakim Hakimi. They signed so many players, but I'm looking at them and I just think we look a better team than they do. Um, and the rest of them don't really care. Like, I don't think there's great teams in that. I think Paris Saint-Germain are the, the threat and they can click at any time. But, you know, I, I think we get Salzburg and... No, we, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Salzburg because I think they're a good team. I don't want just the handiest... I think Spartan Lisbon would be the handiest, but I, I think Salzburg would be a nice game. Um, but I don't know. I think they could get PSG, and I don't give two shiny shites if we do. Sean, you fear anyone in that list? Yeah, I don't want to play PSG. Pad the yeah. least resistance for me. I don't, get them doesn't now. matter how good we are, it's always the pad the least resistance for me. That's yeah. that's the way I see it. Not that I doubt that. Paris is a tough place to go. They beat everyone at home in the Champions League. They've got world-class players all over the pitch. I'd rather someone else dealt with them. That's just the way I see it, to be honest with you. I'd you much think rather... we could take them out now and kill their season off now? Whereas I don't yeah, trust a lot of other teams to do it. Does the other side of it... Look, just give me a team... Of, look, pass to the next round. I don't care yeah. if you don't play anyone up until the final of that. Because sure. when the history books are written, nobody talks about who you play bang, bang, bang in a row. So give us... Do you know what? Either the Portuguese teams will do me. Oh, I'd love Spartan Lisbon and um, PSG to get Manchester United. That's what I'd love. Um, because And then they might bring Ole back as an advisor um, because he's deadly against PSG. Keith, uh, or not Keith, Kev, um, who do you want? Who do you think we get? Um, I don't. See, the thing is, I th- some of the, port- the Sporting Lisbon have some decent players. Pedro Gonçalves of Sporting Lisbon is a very good player. I wouldn't mind a closer look at him. I think we'd be I think we got through. I don't. There's no fear for me in any of those sides. Yeah, Milan or PSG can click, and on it over <laughs> a ninety-minute game, they can cause you problems. But with the second leg at home, you'd, you'd fancy yourself to go through against anyone. Um, Inter Milan, I think, would be the nicest tie. It's a big enough name to put, you know, to get a bit of a fear that you're going to. Uh, a decent side. It keeps you. It keeps you hungry. It's not like a gimme, but you, 
they're not. They're nowhere near the Inter Milan sides of previous years. Nowhere near. Okay, um, it's going to be an interesting draw. Um, we are talk. Were we talking about it during the week after one of the games? Was it me and you, Kev? I, I think remember. so. Was it me and you, Keith? I can't fucking remember. It was after one of the games. Um, who well, who done the show after the Milan game? No, it was you and Keith, wasn't it? Me and Keith. Was yeah. it me and you, Keith? Well, well, what are we t- what, talking about the draw? Yeah, we're talking about what teams were there and stuff like that. Was it you? I can't fucking remember. remember. We do that much stuff now. I can't remember what's going on. <laughs> um, it's fucking ridiculous. So I'll have to look it back. Um, <laughs> what the secretary the at this stage, go, listen, Jacinta, yeah. uh, what, what were we doing during the week? I can't remember. It was one of us that we were talking about and we were saying, like, if the if the draw lines up in a certain way, you could literally end up with the eight best teams still left in it. You know, the sort of way. Um, yeah. If it falls the right way. But um, rest of the week on... The channel, um, what day is tomorrow? Monday. Uh, well, Man on Football Show is tomorrow, nine o'clock on the other channel. Uh, me and Phil, and Phil wants a, a jumping off point of goalkeepers kicking the ball out of their hands in the 1980s. And as I said, you can do anything you want after that. You can just throw memories at us, sending offs, goals, misses, red cards, fucking managers go mad, player, whatever you want. For 45 minutes. It's, it's absolutely open to you. Um, 10 o'clock will be the forum on a Monday night as well. That's coming at you tomorrow. Tuesday, I think we have a night off because Liverpool play Thursday. Wednesday will be the midweek fix. Thursday will be the uh, full time Reds. Friday will be Sports Unplugged where Kev vents about Formula One for an hour and a half and oh, yeah. Chris looks at him. And, um, <laughs> Chris will bring his pillow again. Yeah. And, um, we're back at it then the weekend, whatever's coming up. Uh, women's FA Cup, Burnley nil, Liverpool women four today um chris brack reminds us there as well and there's a women's show coming up this week as well they're recording on monday so we hope to have that out monday afternoon monday evening as well so there's loads loads coming um sienna is home she's arrived home from america in gray form by the sounds of it mm-hmm. so she starts a rehab uh over here now but she's absolutely flying lads like ridiculous like you know what i mean she'd be like she'd be doing fucking heads and volleys and all i'd say <laughs> in the next couple of weeks she'd be playing on the volley um nice. around lampposts and shit um if she keeps up the way she's going on but i just wanted to give you that update because she's absolutely flying and it's great to see and right in time for christmas as well which means that our family are home for christmas doing rehab throughout christmas but to arrive home to um such a positive outcome to what everything she's gone through in america over the last month is absolutely Brilliant. Um, Veranda Cheese is delighted that Max is the F1 world champion. Um, yeah, he's looking for bites now. Of course, he's looking for bites. At the end of the day, <laughs> the, the wrong decision was made, um, Veranda, and you know it. Um, we leave it at that. But um, anything else before we go, Shani? I think we should give the F1 five minutes, to be honest. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> right, so let me paint this picture. So the Formula One goes down to the last, the last, um, last race. The last lap. Yeah, no, but let, let me paint this picture because I'm going to let Kev go on this. I might go over smoke, actually, while he does it. No, but, no, but, but the last the last race, uh, Hamilton is leading by 11 seconds with four-ish laps to go. Um, one of the drivers spins off the, off the track. Uh, safety car comes out. All the commentators are telling you that this won't finish, um, uh, you know, as a, as a race. And then it all unfolds. Now, I am going for a smoke while he does this because I've had a big long chat with Roberto, okay? So, Kev, you are now the host of the Fatback for Formula One special. And you can tell us what unfolds, what you think of it, and then Keith and Shani can reply. Go. 
Well, what unfolded literally was the race steward decided to ignore the set rules, which are you let all the cars pass or none of the cars pass, one of the two. And the cars come in after they've if they if you let all the cars pass, they have to catch up to the end of the train. Safety car comes in at the end of the following lap, which meant the race would have finished under the safety car. Now, the race director clearly didn't want that to happen. And he manufactured a situation where he allowed the five cars that were between Lewis and Max to pass the safety car, allowing Max to close up on Hamilton to with it. At one stage, he actually passed Hamilton behind the safety car, but they ignored that one. Uh, Max was on fresh, brand new tires because of the situation, and Lewis was on 41, year, 41 lap old hard tires. And when the race started back, one lap, Lewis was a sitting duck, couldn't do anything about it. Now, Max Verstappen's done absolutely nothing wrong in any of this. It's not his fault. This is purely and simply down to the race director. Veranda, which rule? is literally in the rules that if a race is under those conditions where there's debris in the track, the safety car is out, the unlapped cars have to unlap themselves. So they go around as fast as possible. They have to get back behind the train of cars before the start of the, of the next lap. That didn't happen. What happened was the race director let the five cars go through that were yeah, between boy, the two. Wow. It's all mm-hmm. that nothing. He, yeah, he, he, man, he manufactured a situation where there was a one-lap race. Now, Hamilton clearly had the faster car because he was leading by about 12, 13 seconds before the Latifi crash. But with brand-new tires and a tow, Lewis was a sitting duck, and the World Championship was decided in the race director's mind. Whether... Netflix series has anything to do with that? I don't know. Oh, I doubt yeah. it. it. It's just very contrived. I mean, fair play to Max Verstappen. It's been a phenomenal season. But for me, there's an asterisk beside that decision to award him the race. They gifted him the race, basically. And I think, it's just a damn I think, shame. I think the FIA knew today that more eyes on Formula 1 that have been, I'd say, in the last probably 20 years. Yeah. And and they have seen an opportunity to let this spill over into next year. And like Kev said, look, there's absolutely no doubt about it. If you're turning around today and saying that that was fair what happened, you're talking out your arse because when Hamilton is 11 seconds up with six laps to go, he's not making that time up. Not Lewis Hamilton. There's not a racing driver dead or alive that would have made that time up on him. The rules are the rules, but you can't go to the fucking halfway house to make it a blade a shootout. Not if that's not what it's about. Rules are there to be followed. That's the way I see it. I saying I thought Hamilton was desperate unlucky today because he just misses the opportunity to box and get soft toys for himself as well, which he could have done. You know what I mean? So it, no, it, he it actually was, couldn't show me. That's the, that was the problem. Yeah, he was if, too late. If he, if, if, no, if but he even took, if he decided to come in first, Verstappen would have stayed out. And his then he tires would have had were, to. Yeah. But his tires were 19 laps fresher than the ones that Hamilton was originally on. So even on the fast, well, soft on. tires, Hamilton wouldn't have been able to get him. 
Veranda Chase is just dinging out Hamilton there because it's an Andy Hamilton thing. Put it like, look, we all go on about how it's the car and all. But then why don't fucking, why don't Mercedes pay someone a 12th of the salary to drive the car then? Why give Hamilton more money than anyone else if it's just the car? If it was the car, then not Kimi Raikkonen because he retired today. But Lewis Hamilton's teammate would have been right up his arse all day. He wasn't. He was about fifth or sixth. They were in the same machinery. The it's, truth is, Hamilton and Verstappen are streets ahead of the rest. Absolute streets. And between the two of them, there's there's only seconds in any race between the two of them. And the best analogy I heard today was it's the equivalent of you're playing a game of football in school. You're 10-0 up. And someone turns around and says, next goal wins while they're on the break and your keeper yeah, exactly. has already gone off to class. That's literally what happened. And this will end up in Cass because the, the rules that are set out, the FIA's own rules that were set out weren't followed. Yeah, it was uh, Bottas is his teammate and he was nowhere near in the same way as Verstappen's teammate Perez was nowhere near. These two drivers are elite. They're the best drivers in the world bar none and it's just a shame that this world championship which has been epic was settled on a poor decision there was but next season it's brand new because next season the car this is the last race for those cars that car design is redundant from next year the whole car design changes the regulations change the tire size changes the aerodynamics change everything you're literally next season it's 95 days away next season you're going to get a brand new grid with brand new drivers in different teams and it's god knows what's going to happen but well all i would say is that um you know i don't think i watched the formula one race in full since about 1996 but um, Kev got us into it over the last six weeks. So, Kev, do me a favor, give me a ring, will you? Um, about, in about 48 weeks' time, and let me know how, how the fucking season's again. going. And I'll jump on it again. Ones in the chat. None of this takes away from the fact that Lewis Hamilton is a better driver than anyone that you've ever preferred in your life because he's literally the best ever there, in my opinion. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, I, nah, I was watching it and, and I was texting Kev at the time because I was texting Kev at the time and saying to him, like, what what's going on here? And I was literally walking off what everyone on Sky was saying and basically what they were saying. And that's probably a bit of a red herring because they're all Brits, but at the end of the day... No, but they were were following the rules. I think Kev's analogy nailed on the head. Well, Kev should be on Formula 1. He should be on Sky Sports F1. He should be. If he does get on to Sky Sports Formula 1, we're definitely buying him a come on you boys in green jacket. Yamaha's calling you in for the dinner and it's next guy or a winner. And they're, like he said, and it's last man back and you're up fucking it's it, I, I felt sorry for him but I tell you one thing he was classic I'd love to see, I'd love to see the contrast now today if Verstappen had been beaten because he would have been fucking he would have been still standing in the pit re- rattling out excuses as to why he didn't win the race but Lewis Hamden as usual all class didn't say yeah, and, and walked away and I imagine that decision the decision to appeal was nothing got to deal with him. That's it was an epic. It was an epic end to the season, like that I followed for four weeks. But it was an epic <laughs> end to the season, right? But at the same time, Kev said something to me earlier, and he went, "It's a brilliant end, 
but it's going to alienate a shitload of people that actually took up watching this sport over the last six I months. I don't think it will. I we think it'll bring the fair weather support into it and it will alienate the, the genuine fans maybe more so. I think yeah, Netflix, I think the Netflix series will do a lot because the Netflix series... That's what got will, me into it. Yeah, and that will come out got before the start of the next season. <laughs> my, my idea of Formula 1 was, yeah, it's the best car and the best driver, but the actual, the best part of Formula 1 is the teams in third, fourth, fifth and sixth. Yeah. Them, them fighting it out because that's the proper racing. They're the ones with no money. But you, you know what? Well, you look at Ferrari and the, and the notion that Ferrari is the oldest man is one of the yes, it probably is the oldest car yeah. franchise on the grid still, and they're struggling really badly. The idea that Mercedes came from nowhere when they came into the sport with Michael Schumacher going there to develop the car, they brought in Lewis Hamilton after two or three years from Red Bull and he, or sorry, no, from McLaren and Mercedes have just kicked on like you wouldn't believe. Now the Red Bull team are based in Milton Keynes. Like the majority of the teams, the F1 teams are based in the UK because the amount of courses, engineering courses that are done at university that are designed for the motor racing industry and funded by the motor racing industry is phenomenal. There's, the amount of the amount of, the, of money that industry creates in the UK is unreal, and it's massive. But the best thing that happened today was that race was on Channel Four. It was on free to air, and everyone could watch it. Yeah. And what it what could alien, the reason why I said it could alienate so many people is people have an inbuilt notion of what's fair and what's not fair, and they could see this being manufactured into something that just simply wasn't fair. Yeah. And I, I just, it's just the way it played out. Yeah, I, I think really you're right. I, I think I can only see two scenarios there today. One was, and this and this is me talking to you, that like I watch no Formula One, like genuinely, Kev has been on me going, just watch this, it's fucking, it's going to the wire. And he said it four races ago, when I think, I think Verstappen might have been 12 or 15 points clear. And but he was 33 points ahead. Yeah, but going back a couple of weeks ago, wasn't there a 12 or 15 point gap? And they were like, oh, will he keep it? And you were saying to me, just watch it, because this is going to the wire. There's no, Hamilton will just go for everything now. And I watched it today going, they're definitely just running the safety car to the death and he wins it, or they're keeping all them cars between them for two laps, and he's winning it because he's not, he won't have enough time to catch him, and then something else completely unfolded. And, and to be honest with you, I know where you get the alienation thing for, for certain people, but I will probably genuinely, in 95 days' time, take up an interest and go, all right, what's happening? And we'll yeah. keep more of a thing. Now, where are they this season as compared to last yeah. season? My wa- wa- like, wife was used to it going, oh, he's watching something fucking else. Like, <laughs> she walked in the cinema and watching Corlin, you know, and, you know, I'll be watching old videos of Alberta Tomba doing fucking ski jumps from the fucking mid-90s. Um, but my daughter's having none of it. She's like, seriously, we just stop watching all this fucking stuff. So um, I'll probably have to sneak upstairs and watch a care, to be honest with you. But, um, it's been a brilliant show. We've got Formula One in, and we've got a Sienna update in. We've got a match. We've we've bought some clothes. We've done all sorts of stuff tonight. It's been absolutely cracking. Been a Yeah, it's been it's been it's been really good. Make sure to hit the like on the way out. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Share it and um, do all that sort of stuff. And if you're listening on the audio download, please hit review and um, give us a five star thing. Shawnee, it's been a pleasure. Are you sure you don't have anything else before we go? Nah, I'm good. Good. 
All right. Keith, do you have anything else before we go? Look at him. Look at him. No, no, no. Are you sure? Before we go, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before like, we go. I, I watched the Beatles documentary last week, right? Oh, for fuck's sake. Great, right. great stuff, right? You're yeah. watching these fellas and, and it's all good. It's nine hours, a bit blade much, you know, a bit heavy. But yeah, on one hand, you've got the Beatles who are geniuses, but on the other hand, we lost the third monkey over the weekend. Mike Nesmith yeah, right. sadly passed away. Yeah. And um, there's only one of them left now, Mickey Delane. So, yeah, big monkeys fan when I was younger. Um, mm. Used to watch used them to be on the Saturday, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, Saturday morning, morning TV. Yeah. Was, anything Always, goes, used yeah. to be on it with anything goes. Used to it? watch them all the time. It was great. So, yeah, it, it's a sad moment. I expect black armbands next week for our Jordan oh. week for all Premier League matches <laughs> for uh, Mike Nesmith. Nez, we might do black armbands on the forum tomorrow night. There you go. Sadly okay. gone. Gone but not forgotten. I lost the lads. I lost the lads. Kev, other than um, you writing letters to the FIA, um, <laughs> is there anything else before we go? No, all good. Uh, listen, guys, congratulations on that show last Thursday night, the Barcelona stuff. That was really, really good. Um, that was cool, wasn't it? Cheers. De- yeah, it was definitely well worth listening to. If you guys in the chat haven't, haven't, weren't watching it live, go and check out the Man on Football podcast and... Go and download it and listen to it on your way into work tomorrow. It's a fascinating insight into Barcelona and how a couple of bad decisions can really catapult you down the barrel. Yeah, and the guys covered it brilliantly. Keith did a, f- a phenomenal amount of work covering it, and it's well worth a listen. It was. And um, somebody asked us the following day, "Would you do something on um, Hicks and Gillette at Liverpool?" And it really grabbed my attention. But if I'm I'm going to be honest with you, Keith took the Barcelona thing and he went with it for the last month to look it up. I will take Hicks and Gillette, but it's going to probably take me, and I mean this, till February to get mm. you all the stuff I want to get because it really took me interest and I'm hoping to go off and do some stuff and record some stuff for other people to bring to you for that show, which would be Hicks and Gillette and Liverpool um, because a lot of people want to talk about it and get into it so look um, they're the type of things that we do want to do with a man yeah, football show yeah, about you yeah, know there's want, a lot of other things that we've thrown out among ourselves as well like yeah we want we want to do we want to do weekly football. stuff where we go barcelona or leeds or whatever yeah. but there will be ones that come up and you go well you know, like this could be literally two months work that we'd have to yeah. put together and bring at some stage so that will definitely be one of them it's on my list here where i'm, I'm going to start trying to talk to people and bring you a comprehensive show it could end up being two hours just to let you know but um me shawnee and keith um we do look for stuff every week and we, we kind of bounce things around i'm not too sure if we get one out this week because of the way the fixtures have fallen yeah. and it's going to be like that over the christmas period but as soon as things level out um monday and thursday and if we can get it in over christmas we will or i promise you um yeah. that has been um the fatback for it's been an absolute belter and uh, loads of people watching loads of people liking loads of people subscribing um as i said we've bought clothes we've sorted out formula one Sienna, the football, we've done absolutely loads. Um, we've told you Matip is the best defender going at the moment. Um, nobody has anything else to fucking say. They better not have. It's 25 to 12. <laughs> Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.